calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex, and this week I am joined by Mr. Simon Cardi. Hello, I'm 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 guesting this week, not hosting. Isn't that lovely? It is very lovely. But our yeah. special guest is Matt Persley. Am I special? Well, it's just why, to make... why am I not special? <laughs> I I only did it because you made such a deal of you guesting. That's why. Well, you know, it's just weird not to. Host. It means I can relax. I can feel even looser than normal, which maybe that's worrying for some people. I don't, don't know. Don't be but... too loose. Like we've got no, to stay no, on no. this podcast for an hour or so. And, yeah, you, know, you want to keep it tight. I don't. I don't want to melt. Uh, but yeah. How are you, folks? It's been a while since I've been on this podcast. I'm good. I mean, we have spoken since you've been last. Well, I know podcast. that. But yeah. we're, we're talking um, to the the broader public. I'm I, I'm I'm doing well. It's a, what a great time. I think that's what we're going to talk about on this podcast. It's pretty much all films at the moment. Uh, like so many good, well, just big films. You know, I don't want to be the person who's like, oh, cinema's back. But you know, uh, even if the, all these films aren't brilliant, just so many like big films coming out like this month. It's it's ridiculous. But yeah, exciting. I went to see the last film, well, apart from Indiana Jones, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last film I went to see before that was Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Oh, interesting! Was that um, a good start to the to the summer of cinema? Well, uh, it was a good in the fact that I managed to get about half an hour's sleep in the middle of it. So, <laughs> in um, a Transformers film, in a trans, it was loud, so we were seeing it in IMAX. But I had glasses on over my normal glasses. And so Ed was watching it next to me and he had no idea that I was asleep because I just had double glasses. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I didn't miss anything. Obviously, I missed some action, but you knew exactly where the story was going when I woke back up. So There we go. But uh, yeah, some of the films that we're going to talk about today will hopefully be a bit more exciting than that. And we're going to kick off with Mission Impossible, which I haven't seen yet, but I am going to see it the weekend. But you guys have seen it already. Yeah, we both, uh, me and Matt saw it yesterday, isn't that? We had a lovely little uh, time at the cinema yesterday together. Um, we had a little jaunt, £20 it was to go and see Mission Impossible. Not even in IMAX, not even in IMAX, what? just in a normal cinema. That's wow. uh, that's the price you pay these days to see Tom Cruise on the big screen, I'm guessing. Uh, but yeah, I think we're both 
on a similar page of this. Um, I I had fun with it, as you do with most Mission Impossible films. Yeah. Not my favourite one. Um, by far, we're not going to spoil it, by far the silliest one, I think. Right. Um, and n- most knowing one. Um, like, it's also probably the funniest Mission Impossible, which is, which is good. But, like, I prefer, you know, they're... They are over-the-top action films, aren't they, at their core? Like, if you don't know what Mission Impossible is, it's Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt trying to go on ridiculous globetrotting missions to save the world every time. And um, this one, like, again, we're not spokes, I know you haven't seen it, Al, but the cool crux of this film from the very start is basically the villain of this film is an evil AI entity. And... I, I feel like that. that's where a lot of the film falls down for me because yeah. that's almost over the top silly. And I think we'll talk about it a bit, Matt, but like there's just no real face of evil in this film. And that that's the, the problem. Whereas my favorite Mission Impossible are the more personal ones where you've got like Mission Impossible 3 is still my favorite one because you've got Philip Seymour Hoffman as uh, Owen Davian and he's just an incredible villain. Um, whereas this one it kind of it lacks that threat you're never quite sure what the actual threat is here but don't get me wrong still very fun entertaining and the last like half an hour to 40 minutes are genuinely uh, brilliant like action filmmaking so yeah Ooh. that's what I think yeah I think um, like for me I must say I felt like I was going through the motions for quite a lot of like this is a, a film that's almost three hours long yeah and I do think the first two hours are like well made but they do feel a bit like I've seen pretty much everything that it does in 50 action films before like there's car chases there's gunfights and none of them feel i felt the mission impossible fallout felt like real at the top of its game like some Mm -hmm. of those fights particularly the fight with henry cavill in the bathroom where he's just absolutely battering people through like partition walls that felt like it had got like heft and a spark to it that felt new in the same way that kind of like when I watched um, Top Gun last year, like that felt like a real new spark for aviation films, partially because you don't get them very often. Yeah. Whereas I felt for the most of this one, it felt like it was pretty kind of like, I wouldn't say vanilla because it's better made than that, but it's it, it was a fairly traditional action film. I think the last half an hour was what I want out of a Mission Impossible. Like that had got... You've seen the trailers. There's a slightly what almost looks like Uncharted inspired section with mm-hmm. a train. That's genuinely absolutely edge of your seat. I thought that yeah. was absolutely magnificent. It's, it's just a shame that it took two hours of, as I say, otherwise well made, but I've yeah. seen it a lot it's, before. It's by no means a bad film. I, I mm-hmm. think it's still good. I, I had a good time. It's like, I think it ranked fifth out of seventh in my Mission Impossible mm-hmm. rankings, but like oh, the ones above quite low. That, but, like, the four above that I really, really like. Like, you know, like, it's only really two that I think's not great. Like, even uh, Rogue Nation, which is my sick favourite, I still think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I still had a lot of fun. It is worth reminding people as well that this is part one. This is a yeah. two-part story. So although it does end in a... Like, I didn't felt like I was left, like, hanging too much. Like, it's not it like... Does- that yeah. Fast and the Furious they've recently done, which literally ends halfway <laughs> through a scene. No. Like, the, it wraps up the first chapter of this story, mm-hmm. but you are not going to get, like, a fulfilling finale in the same way as kind of, like, you would... You're not going to no. get your villain killed or anything and like I that. I feel like that is where... I, I do wonder... Like, hopefully they do know where it's going, because the one thing that, like, Chris McCrory as a director and writer is kind of famous for at this point is they have their set for these films, they have their set pieces, their stunts planned out, but then he's he kind of writes the script on the fly as they're filming. And, like, it's worked out 
to date pretty well. But this one, you could kind of feel like, oh, we're going from here to here. It's like, where are we? What is the ultimate? Like, what what is the end site here? But um, I do think that that makes the plotting slightly muddy on this one. I think I think it's like it's an entertaining plot, as you say, very silly in a way that mm. I think there's a really good uh, thought behind this in the the algorithm is sort of weirdly an existential threat to us all. Yeah. And I think it's trying to have like a semi-serious conversation. Like you can tell that Tom Cruise is the sort of guy that really fucking hates everything that's happening to cinema, right? I hates the idea yeah. of the the Netflix algorithm dictating where the future cinema goes. And this film like extrapolates that threat to, you know, a much more global sort of sense of what yeah. happens if it's more than just entertainment it, that's it, it seemed here. fitting that we were watching this film as the strike uh, was called against all of this sort of stuff yeah um, yeah and absolutely was, like you know we're in an era right where kind of like tiktok has recently been on the stand in the u.s kind of like uh like courts because yeah. of how algorithms potentially are you know going to lead to data stealing and stuff like that and so there is like an interesting idea for ai being kind of like the central like villain here mm-hmm. but i do think that it becomes a bit too skynet for its own good really right, rather yeah, than yeah. A, a credible threat but like you say cardi because there's no face to it and because it's a bit kind of like murky and it's only part one so it doesn't want to show all of its hands it sometimes feels like i feel like part of the intent was that it was a little it was supposed to be a bit twisty but I feel like it just comes across a little bit muddy because I always knew what was going on, but it was almost like, is the film purposefully making this a little bit like, ooh, who's got this, who's got that? Yeah. Or does the film not actually genuinely doing a very good job of communicating it? No, yeah, I know what you mean. And like talking about like, we can talk about the cast a bit and stuff like Kittridge is back from Mission Impossible mm-hmm. 1, which I enjoyed. Uh, I, I, I loved seeing him back in the mission after what? over 20 well almost 30 years yeah um he's mm-hmm. back um i was like Haley atwell was probably my favorite Great. part of the film mm-hmm. she's absolutely brilliant and really fun and keeps up with tom cruise really well um but yeah tom cruise is it's not his best um i prefer the more personal mission impossible stories like three and four and fallout has to an extent whereas you can like for all the stunts like i do love when they just close up on Tom Cruise's face and he does his little, you know, like little jaw thing where he looks like really angry mm-hmm. at someone. You don't really get that in this too much. Um, Not enough like, jaw. <laughs> no, but you know, like for all the big stunts he's known for, he is actually also a very just good actor. So yeah. like you don't get much acting in this, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um right. It's much more plot focused, isn't it, rather than character. It almost feels like, and you know, obviously these films are plot focused, but I do think it's less character based than some of the previous ones have been. Yeah, but still very fun. I'm glad I saw it. Like, I just love Mission Impossible. Also, Vanessa Kirby is very good. Oh, she's also incredible. She she plays that. You know, it's kind of like they are using a bit of a kind of almost cliche character in that she's the very very cool kind of person that's like working in between the shadows like is she good is she's probably mm-hmm. kind of not you know got good intentions at all she's definitely in that criminal underworld but she's she's one of those characters that's got a huge amount of kind of like spark and mystique and very very cool hair and cool clothes <laughs> she reminds me a lot of um there's a character in mass effect who's played by carrie Ann moss and she's that sort of character mm-hmm. um i think she's very good in it and like as you say cast is generally very good yeah it's got everything you read like 
It's not the best Mission Impossible, but it's still got everything you'd kind of want from Mission Impossible. I had a, I had a fun time. It's got some good face swapping stuff. So mm-hmm. if you enjoy the the old face mask things, you're gonna get a bit of that. You're gonna get some good stunts. You're it looks get tremendous. Laughs all the way oh, yeah. through. You know, we're we're in an era, obviously, right, where we're all poking fun at how bad Marvel films look because mm-hmm. the sheer amount of speed and crunch put into those films, the CG looks quite subpar. Um, this looks. There are I, shots that you know are CGI, but they don't look CGI. Mm-hmm, you only right. know that they are because it's quite I will clearly say, they couldn't have I made didn't, it. I do think it looks good, but not as good as Fallout. This was shot digitally, this one, whereas yeah, IMAX, mm-hmm. you, you can tell Fallout was shot on film and IMAX, and it looks incredible. Whereas this still does look very good, I think, but didn't have quite the... The cinematography like, is not as good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I will say, like I, I'm not allowed to speak to it yet. I have seen Oppenheimer, and... Um, yeah, seeing this after Oppenheimer, you could tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Is, is all I, right. is all I, is all I'll say. Uh, but like yeah. one thing that rings to me though is that this is setting setting up a villain, and that's going to be Elon Musk. Surely, the man behind the AI. <laughs> Imagine if they just reveal, and it is just him, or his name's like <laughs> M- Melon Tusk. I want it to be actually him. That'd be incredible. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to spoil where. You know, I've, I've kind of have a theory of where I think it might go, but that would be spoiling part of. Uh, what happens but yeah you'll 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 have a good time still i'm i'm very much looking forward to it yeah um also indiana jones came out a couple of weeks ago now like you've not seen it carly have you i haven't um and i you know i love indiana jones to death but i'm kind of i'm waiting i'm I'm gonna watch it with my dad and i'm just waiting find the time to see it with my dad because you know indiana jones is 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 important to me but are you gonna do the the cosplay idea that I suggested. What, uh, Sean Connery and, and Junior? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe. Uh, probably definitely not. definitely should. Yeah. Especially well, now it's been out for a few feel, weeks, so it's in yeah, the exactly. smaller screen. Like, if you don't do that day one, then you've kind of missed the boat, haven't you? If you turn up three weeks amazing. later in a fedora. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to know what you guys think, though. and I kind of know what Matt thinks already, but even if this film, I will say, you know, even if everyone tells me it's 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 fairly mere, I'm gonna still enjoy it because it's it's indie. Well, so that's the thing. Uh, I can see all of the problems with this film, but I still had a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but weirdly enough, in preparation for this podcast, I was like, "Yeah, I enjoyed that film. I'd probably give it a seven. And then I'm trying to remember things about that film, and man, I'm really struggling to remember <laughs> much about it. Um, it just, you know, it, it's nice to see Harrison Ford doing what mm-hmm. Harrison Ford does well, especially like when he's old Harrison Ford. Like I didn't mind the younger Harrison Ford CG stuff, but it is weird that you've got younger Harrison Ford talking with this slightly older, like draw the way he talks. It's, that stuff didn't match up. But I think overall, like it's just stupid, but it's fun. It's too long, um, but I enjoyed it. What mm-hmm. about you, Matt? I thought it was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, like two and a half hours of just really really tedious um i think i I do like harrison ford a lot and like i think i actually appreciate him for being more grumpy i sort of like you know as someone that's probably a little bit older mentally than i am physically like i appreciate that side of it but um for me it felt so i watched kingdom of the crystal skull so i've watched all of them again this year and i watched kingdom of the crystal skull two days before i went to see um this one i enjoyed kingdom of the crystal skull more than this and I think, wow. so I think they're both on par, but they're they're bad for different reasons. I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is more fun, but is infinitely more stupid and has and, and you know fell into that trap of 
it's got a lot of like the Star Wars prequelness about it in like very overblown kind of uh, set pieces and stuff like that. I think this one is desperate to be um, Raiders of the Lost Ark again and follows a lot of kind of like those ideas. Um, but in turn, I just found like really tedious to watch. Like I, I just, I wasn't having fun with it at any point really. Um, I do like what they went for at the end, which I know a lot of people find the kind of like, obviously it goes supernatural at the end, like all of yeah. them do in oh. a very different way. <laughs> to what the other films do i didn't mind that i thought that was kind of like okay but my main big problem with it aside from it being dull is it's just you can tell it's not shot by spielberg i actually didn't Mm -hmm. like the way it looked i think it looks very cgi heavy quite a lot of the way through and also spends quite a lot of time in america which i found really dull like if i watch an indiana jones film i want to be globe trotting i want to be going to amazing have places any good, like those are my favorite indian jones bit where they're just like solving the puzzles mm-hmm. does it have some of that still like um, you know getting the staff of you know getting the staff out and lining it up with the sun and well, all that there's a, a couple of bits okay. yeah it's it's more a case of uh the kind of tailing of like here's one person that wants the Dial of Destiny, here's another person that wants it, and Indy's sort of stuck between those two people and trying to figure out, like, are the people I'm working with actually? Because, you know, kind of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character is a little bit more roguish than mm-hmm. than, than maybe you might originally think. Um, so there's that kind of very uncharted element to it yeah. in that kind of, um, you know, everybody that's involved in this is slightly crooked in one way or another. Um but, um, you know, I really love Mads Mikkelsen, but I thought he was just generic Nazi guy in this. Like, I didn't feel like he was doing anything that really kind of sp- created a spark. So, yeah, I have quite honestly forgotten quite a lot it, of what happened yeah. in this, and I only watched it last week. Yeah. Well, I'm still excited. Well, like, on- <laughs> honestly, I had a good time. Like, I took Ed to see it. Uh, he was a little bit upset by how many uh, people get shot. Has <laughs> he seen to- the others? Uh, he has seen Raiders. That's the only one he's seen so far. How is he, is, how is he with like the last scene of Raiders? Can he watch that? Because that is quite scary for yeah, him. Yeah, but that, it's also obviously fake, right? Because yeah, it was made yeah. a very, very long time ago. Whereas the stuff yeah. you get these days is a lot more realistic. No, he, he's... I think because that's so far out there. Like when a yeah. nice character who you've spent a bit of time with suddenly gets shot, he's like... They just got oh. shot. He like just cannot believe it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got um, he's got a lot ahead of him, hasn't he? <laughs> and also, like you know, shot dead. Not just like oh, they're getting up from that. Yeah. It's like oh my god, they're shot. Um, <laughs> um, but I would say yeah, like you got a bit bored in the middle. You know, you mm-hmm. could hear the snacks coming out and the drinks. I mean, it's a different stuff. discussion, isn't it? There's no need for all of these films to be like two and three quarter hour long, or is there? Like no, I'm. I, and I, this is from someone who loves a long film. Like, yeah. like I've. I've seen a lot but of films. Oppenheimer is a film that deserves. Well, to I be can't. I can't that. speak about that. Can no, I? but but <laughs> as someone that's not seen Oppenheimer, yeah, yeah. I understand why Oppenheimer. I yeah, understand. the breadth of that story could yeah. yeah warrant a length of that. Yeah, yeah. And also, like as someone that has watched all of Christopher Nolan's films, like I understand why his type of filmmaking tends to veer more into those longer films. I do think a tentpole franchise film. Yeah. Like, there's no need for an action. You've got to be an Avengers Endgame situation yeah. to to justify to that length. Yeah, yeah there's not admit. many reasons for an action, a comedy, or a horror to be much more than two hours. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, when I saw the runtime for Mission Impossible, I was like, "Oh my god!" It doesn't feel that long. I will <laughs> it say does, okay. it does fly by. Yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was more yeah. like you know, 
and am I going to eat before? Because the screening's at half three. Ed normally eats at half five, so I've got to try and figure out. That's the out. problem. That's the problem. We had 5.50 screen. It's like too early for dinner. We're going to be starving yeah. by the time we're out. I know, right? Um, First yeah. problems. Do you know what, though? Barbie is like one hour 45. Magic. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Greg, let her make every film. Well, um, the, the problem I've got there is that both of those films, Oppenheimer and Barbie, are, are out next Friday. Yeah. But I go on holiday at the weekend, and I definitely want to see Oppenheimer at the cinema. Yeah, yeah. yeah in yeah, IMAX. Should, I, I I imagine you would want to. But yeah. the rest of my family want to go and see Barbie. So... Uh, <laughs> well, and, you can and, all go at the same time, and one of you, you know, uh, yeah, you but just I think go by Oppenheimer's, yourself. Oppenheimer's a lot longer than Barbie. Right? Well, they can go for dinner after. <laughs> <You> can, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, like, we'll talk about. I doubt we'll annoyingly any of us will have seen Barbie by next week's podcast, so we can't do the big Barbie Oppenheimer double bill podcast. But we can speak about one of those. But yeah, yeah. oh well. But yeah, I'm still looking forward to Indiana Jones, and all I will say is, without even seeing it now, I do just hope they let it die now. Like, just let it, like, let it end. I don't know how this one ends, and obviously I don't want to know. But like, hopefully it's in a place where everyone can just go right. We've had our time. Let's let Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones die. Well, I get in the game yeah, version. That's probably the thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But never but, say never. Never say never. The thing uh, is, is now Disney have got his AI version on file. It oh, means no. that they're going to make Indiana Jones for every month of the 40s. <laughs> oh, God. Well, at least we've still got the young Indiana Jones Chronicles to lean back on uh, if, if we want to. Yeah. Um, in more film news, God, you watched so many films when you were in America, Matt. Yeah. You also yeah. saw Asteroid City, which I know very little about. So mm-hmm. this is Wes Anderson's uh, new film. It's an hour and forty-five. What? Oh, what? Let's uh, see. Yeah, he knows to, what he's doing. When I went to, so I went to see Indy on the fourth of July, um, and that's obviously a two and a half hour film. And then I immediately came out of Indy, and we went into a screening room next door to watch Spider-Man because I'd not seen Across the Spider-Verse, which of course is another two and a half hour film. <laughs> so I was like seven hours in the cinema that day. But um, on uh, a couple of days later, I went to the Asteroid City, which is a beautifully short film. Uh, but yeah, this is Wes Anderson's new film. Uh, if you've seen any of the trailers, it's definitely a Wes Anderson film. It's got all of his classic framing devices and... Um, you know, the the way that he's shot, it's got all of his... It's not the same colour palette as everyone, but it's instantly recognisable as a Wes Anderson colour palette. Uh, but this one is... It's set kind of out in the desert, basically, and it's like a little... It's an area where there's a little science group, um, and they're, they're, they're kind of having... Uh, for, like, kids, basically. And uh, while they're giving out some awards to these wonderfully talented children, an alien turns up. Uh, which obviously creates all of this kind of havoc for for this little town. Um, And it's done in a very small town Wes Anderson way. It's incredibly quirky. Um, It's got a lot of kind of uh, like hidden sort of life meanings behind these weird little comedy skits and stuff like that. Um, Overall, it is, it's fine. It's enjoyable. It is not Wes Anderson's kind of greatest hit by any means. I do think since Grand Grand Budapest Hotel, he's, on a little bit of a downtick for me, I wasn't a big fan of um, of the of the French Dispatch and Isle of Dogs. I think he's fine, but I know Cardi, you like uh, French Dispatch. Um, I, yeah, Grand Budapest I think, is his best film, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to be on a downward from like it's hard. You know, I think that is you know borderline masterpiece. I think that's a brilliant film. Yeah, I mm-hmm. really like Isle of Dogs, and I do re- I do I do really like French Dispatch. Not all of it. 
Mm-hmm. I like uh, sections of it because, again, it's like, you know, several stories put together. But I, I did enjoy it. Um, I haven't seen Asteroid City yet, but I do want to. Um, I'm just, I'm historically not the biggest Wes Anderson fan. Mm-hmm. I really like Royal Tenenbaums and I really like um, Isle of Dogs and Grand Budapest and French Dispatch. But I'm not actually that middle period where a lot of people like, like I don't love Fantastic Mr. Fox and yeah, see, I, I don't I love, love Moonrise Kingdom. And I yeah. love Moonrise Kingdom. Um, so... I'd yeah. say out of all of them, kind of this one, this one, it's got a little bit of Moonrise Kingdom to it, but I wouldn't say it's as... Moonrise has a bit more of a propulsive story where this is very much just a case of, here's a bunch of people that are in this town that's now been quarantined because mm-hmm. an alien turned up. The alien is done in like stop motion, like um, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of like a hint back to, obviously, his Isle of Dogs and mm. Fantastic Mr. Fox, but also... Um, uh jesus why am i forgetting uh, life of life aquatic with steve zizou had like all of the aquatic life in that was done right. stop motion so it's got a little bit which obviously creates the comedy quirkiness of this weird like they literally just have a flying saucer turn up um it's it's it's, it's very very amusing but whilst i'd say kind of like overall i generally the vibe does feel a little bit like wes anderson 101 it, i'm almost like I know that he can still surprise me with his style and I really love that style, but I feel like where um, each of kind of like his middle era films up to Grand Budapest felt like they were doing something slightly different with that. This does feel a bit like, okay, it's exactly what I'd expect from Wes, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but also isn't surprising. But I do, I did feel that kind of like not every character landed for me. There's a really beautiful central pairing between um, Scarlett Johansson and, um, Jason Schwartzman, who both play parents of kind of these kids that are at this camp. And Scarlett Johansson's like this. She's almost like a glam golden age of Hollywood sort of actress that that's kind of going through kind of like the motions. And then um, Jason Schwartzman's this photographer. And their entire relationship is basically they live in cabins opposite each other. And so it's got that very kind of beautiful squared off like framing of you only see them through their opposite windows. And they just have just kind of like this very slowly burning kind of like romantic tension that runs across the film. And that I found quite enticing. Um, Everything else is just like, it's good fun, but you'll forget it in three weeks. (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably, I'll, as with like always Anderson films, I'll wait till it's streaming and probably watch it. Like I'm, I, I like Wes Anderson enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a mega fan. Like I don't think I've actually seen one of his films in the cinema. Oh really? I always just see them mm-hmm. when they're out on like TV or stuff. But yeah, I, I'll I'll watch it when it comes out. Probably have a nice enough time. But, yeah. It's good and sweet, but it's not. It's 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 definitely not his best. Yeah, anyway. I think I've only ever seen Fantastic Mr. Fox of his oh, really? films. I really? think mm-hmm. that's it. And that again was because Ed wanted to watch it. Yeah, I can't yeah, recommend I Grand it. Budapest. Grand, Grand Budapest is gen- and is genuinely, it's probably his funniest film. It's, it, right. it genuinely is very laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give that one a go, definitely. So, yeah. But yeah. the one thing I'm extremely excited to watch, and we are not able to just yet, but Matt, again, you have, because you've travelled halfway yeah. around the world. I know, you little American boy. Season two. Yeah. We've yeah. got to wait five more days still. Yeah, so this will be out halfway through next week, right? But uh, because I, I spent last week in America, I got to watch it on Hulu. Didn't realise Hulu in America, you pay for the subscription and then you still have to watch ads. So it was constantly oh, interrupted by adverts. That's, That's like, like Now TV, though. Like Now yeah, TV does yeah. that, and it, uh, it see, really I, annoys me. 
Yeah, I just like streaming is dreadful. <laughs> but anyway, what is not dreadful is the is the programs that are on it. And the Bear season two is fantastic. This is. I know that because Dale was talking about uh, season one right on on last week's episode, and uh, this is like quite a different season in terms of it, it, its plotting. So obviously, at the end of season one, uh, Kami is is preparing to set up this new restaurant that he's going to call the Bear, and it's this transition from kind of like a, a greasy sandwich shop into a high end restaurant, line. right? Yeah. And so the I'm not obviously going to spoil what you know, the outcomes of this season is. But the structure is the the entire show is building up to the launch of that restaurant. So it's very much kind of the inner workings of how do you turn what is essentially a greasy sandwich shop that clearly wasn't being run very well and mm-hmm. was never really on the right side of the, like, the Food and Drug Association. It's clearly a bit grimy. Uh, and getting it ready to become what could potentially become a Michelin-style restaurant at one point. And each episode kind of like pushes you forward like a couple of weeks into the process of getting this thing ready. Um, But each episode tends to focus on one person's journey to getting ready to be this. So some of it is, you know, a lot of it is obviously focused around Kami because he's kind of like our central character in the eyes through what all of this is done. But um, the best episodes are where you've got, um, well, a lot of the best episodes anyway are you'll see one character going off for like Kami gets people to go training to learn more about this more high-end food world and seeing like them get new experiences and open their eyes to what like this new world is. And each episode tends to have like a really good guest star that you didn't expect. Like I I won't say anybody who's in this because one of the biggest delights was like, oh, this person's in this episode. (laughs) Um, But you do get to there's one episode that is told in flashback that's too earlier on in Kami's life. And that's a much longer episode. It's on for about an hour. And that kicks up what I loved about season one, which is when it goes full uncut gems, like full Safety Brothers, real fucking stressful, but Mm -hmm. like very funny at the same time. Like the the bear is a very, very funny show, right? Like it's a comedy drama and always has had a good sense of humor. But it's that beautiful balance it does where everyone is on the knife edge. Everyone looks like they're about to absolutely break, mm-hmm. but it still balances that comedy. And and there's this episode, it's called Fishes. I think it's episode seven. And it's absolutely tremendous. And then every episode that comes after it for the rest of the season matches that energy. It's got nice. It's got the, the the balance of comedy and the one after it is not necessarily stressful, but has the same real absolute blast of quality to it. I, I can't praise that latter part of the season enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fantastic. I It's one of those where I wouldn't say it's better than season one. I think it's on par, but I think just getting those closer insights to the inner lives of these characters that have surprisingly, like a bunch of what essentially line cooks that have developed right. into the most fascinating kind of characters and seeing kind of like how all their backgrounds channel into this kind of journey they're all going on, which is clearly very stressful. Yeah, uh, yeah it's I can't wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna blast through this one. We what we get it next Wednesday. I'm gonna I imagine within two days I will have watched Oh, is it all. next Wednesday it comes out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, I thought yeah. it was Friday. Right, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to try and download them and save them for holiday. But mm. yeah. What is it, half Ooh. an hour, 10 episodes, or apart from the long one that you just mentioned? So there's a really long one, and then, yeah, I think the rest of them are all kind of like between kind of 25 to maybe like 36 minutes. Right. Mm, nice. Yep. I am very I am, excited. I couldn't, yeah, I'm very much. Yeah. Also, this was, while I was in America, I obviously, because we were watching uh, uh, The Bear, I had to go get a beef sandwich so I went but they fucking when I ordered they forgot the jus it's like you can't have a French dip without the jus so I just without got a dry the beef sandwich yeah no dip oh well I'm so sorry what, what a wasted trip um, but at Dreadful. least you spent about 29 hours in the cinema but, yeah. <laughs> I am um, I've been watching well I started to watch Platonic on Apple TV which is oh, okay. Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne mm-hmm. and he runs like a kind of cool um, brewery pub in that God, I just fancy a pint every time I watch that show. It's amazing. <laughs> what I will say is, is because they're in prep mode in this uh, season, there's less food. Whereas all the way through the bear yeah, season one, I was looking hungry. at beef. Yeah. Um, because most of it is just getting the restaurant prepped and they're not cooking. It's not until like the very end of the season where you're seeing more food become involved as they're learning to prepare for the opening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're less hungry through this one. Yeah, um, but but yeah, still still tremendous. Have you been watching uh, since we're talking about Apple TV? We're there. Have you watched any Silo, uh, Al? I have not. No, I know this that Dale's watched a bit. Another thing that I watched all of uh, over my American trip. Oh, I watched. Did so you much go TV out at all? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did go out a lot, okay, but uh, I also watched a huge amount of TV and films. Um, I watched all of Silo while I was there, and uh, so Silo is based on one of my favorite books. So uh, it's mm-hmm. based on wool. I think they do a very good job. Weirdly, it's not like a, a completely like accurate adaptation. It's it a, the first two episodes are pretty much bang on, and then basically it has a completely different storyline until you get to the end of it, where it kind of like brings it back to what the book was telling. But even though I could have been quite precious about that book because it's one of my favorites, I think the version of that overall story they're telling is fantastic and properly apple tv wonderful sense of scale and production value uh, and all of that like it's 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 one of the best sci-fis i've seen in a in a long time i should probably watch i i just need to re-up my apple tv because i haven't yeah i stopped it but i need to get it back Um, between between that and uh and severance like i do really think and and from what i understand like foundation is kind of like if you're into that very Mm -hmm. hard sci-fi is also worth looking at Yeah. yeah you've watched so much like past week i've watched like I watched like the Miss Americana Taylor Swift documentary and like a, a couple of old reruns of Gladiators from the nineties. <laughs> very different weeks, <laughs> but there we go. Well, speaking of Apple, a new trailer for Napoleon also yes. came out this week, and because um, I, I must admit I have not been following this movie, and I was like, this is not going straight to Apple TV. It's not. It's going to be in cinemas first. It will be, and that's where I'll see it. Man, um, that like that looks like an incredible trailer. I really hope the film itself is as good. I'm as hopeful. That. Like, if I lied. It's not the only uh, one other thing I have watched this week is the Kingdom of Heaven director's cut, which is another <laughs> one of uh, Ridley Scott's historical, you know, epics. Um, he does know how to do those. Yes. So I'm hopeful for Napoleon. The trailer looks like it's hitting right. I did enjoy the people on Twitter going. Uh, I don't think people realise how bad Napoleon was. It's like, yeah, I think people do realise yes. how bad Napoleon was. Um, but yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix, like, I don't doubt anything he did. Like, I can't remember the last time he was bad in anything, if he's ever been bad in anything. So, 
And Vanessa Kirby, who's great Mission Impossible, is Josephine in this. If you, I'm not. I was going to say I'm not going to spoil the story of Napoleon. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a few hundred years old, but um, there's a lot to cover. So, well, the I imagine this will be another three hour, um, and we'll probably get a Ridley Scott director's cut that's about four and a half hours long a year later you, or something. Do you know? Is it like supposed to be covering his entire kind of like political and military career? <laughs> I don't. I think it might be the whole breadth of it because, like, the whole tagline is like from nothing to like every sign like that, you know. From, um, but like, and like just from like seeing clips, like you know, I, that's not. I'm not as buffed up on that part of history, but it seems to be showing quite a breadth of his life, like from yeah. different battles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah. But the um, cinematography looked amazing. Like yeah. you know, in terms of a spectacle, it certainly feels like it's going to deliver on that front. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. And although it is on Apple, like I feel like yeah, that's what I'll want to see in yeah. the cinema because you know I I was too young to see Gladiator in the cinema, and I wish I'd had mm-hmm. the chance to see Gladiator in the cinema. But this is probably as close I'll get to it uh, for now. But yeah, I trust Ridley. Although he does have a very uneven track record, he's made some of the greatest films of all time. He's also made some absolute stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> it does almost so, feel like he is a bit on a bit of a like on off on off what was yeah. the last film oh it was the last duel wasn't it was last duel, last but film. also house of gucci was in the same year so was that after because house of gucci was bad but the last duel was good i think i liked the last duel i didn't love it mm-hmm. it was pretty good um it wasn't on the level of like a gladiator yeah. or a kingdom mm-hmm. heaven or, but yeah I, I i think this would be good and he does know how to film a big old battle scene yeah. and this will have him so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And the other trailer that came out was Wonka. <laughs> yeah. Which... Are you not, uh, are you not into it? Well, it just felt like Paddington. Yeah, um, and Paddington's, Paddington's amazing. brilliant. Well, you're all right, but like, you know, Paddington was so, a, a Willy, man who didn't quite feel like Willy Wonka to me. Like, Willy Wonka, the 70s film, is one of my favourite films ever. Yeah. I, I, I love that film to bits. And I did enjoy that this seemed to have more of the energy of that than it did the terrible Johnny Tim Depp Burton. version. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like that it's just a prequel and it's not trying to like in some ways it was trying to ape because he right at the end uh, Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa which is definitely the highlight did the little whistle that Willy Wonka does uh, yeah. in I mean this this one. is this is a direct prequel, prequel to yeah. the it's it's, it's not the based on the one. book is no. it it's, so I'm glad they're doing it and I'm glad yeah. it's full musical as well mm-hmm. I know they didn't really reveal any of their songs in the trailer but I'm hopeful that they'll be good I, I just like the look of it and it looked very British as well which. The actual 70s one is actually very American, I'd say. Um, but this one, 
the cast looked almost entirely British, apart mm-hmm. from Timothy Chalamet. And it was obviously filmed in Britain, though, bits in Bath and like Lyme Regis in the UK. Like, yeah, well, there's a there's a shot in that trailer that I was literally in Bath when they were filming it. Like, there's <laughs> oh, wow. there's a section where you'll see some cars coming round a corner. Yeah, and me and my partner stood and watched a lot of that. Like, we didn't actually see the cameras rolling, but we saw them setting it up mm-hmm. and like throwing all the snow down and all of that. Right. Yeah, I'm up for it. And Hugh Grant as an Oompa works for me. I'm into that. That's well, very good. That, well, that's obviously the big takeaway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was my big takeaway. I don't yeah. know. I'll watch it. It's like a good Christmas film. It's out of December. That'll be a great I Christmas definitely, film. Well, I, I'll watch it on streaming. That's a streamer for me. Now. Oh, you know, isn't that like a great family trip to, I don't know. I, I, if, if there's no machine guns, Ed's not interested. So. I suppose, does, does, does Willy Wonka but mean much? he doesn't much? like people getting shot. Yeah. Well, that's it. He, he likes seeing people shoot, but not get shot. I see. I don't know, do, like, do kids these days have much of a connection to like Willy Wonka and like Roald Dahl? Like, when I was growing up, like all the, all those books, I know. like yeah, A lot of the books are still, you know, read. Like Scarlet read yeah. a lot of them. Ed, less so. Hmm. I know, I'm I'm excited, and I do really like Timothy Chalamet. I think yeah. he's always he's always quite good. So, yeah, he's got June a few weeks before that as well. So he's having a good couple of months. So busy period. Yeah, so, so many films. Oh, how are we gonna watch them all? Probably go to America like Matt. And <laughs> I do, honestly, I, the idea of spending seven hours in the cinema, I don't think I could do that. Surely you, you, you I could. could barely walk afterwards. I mean, I mean, I, you, I do spend it, most you do it on flights, the, I, don't you? Well, yeah, and also, like, I work from a desk for eight hours a day. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's it for this week's uh, regular chat. Now we are going to move on to the endless search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? So this week, it's return of a current favourite, the uh, IMDB game, for want of yes. a better <laughs> I mean, I did have to explain to you what this was about well, uh, half an hour before recording. But that's yeah, it. That's and fine. now I've got it. And now I've got the best one that's ever been made, I Ooh. would argue. Ooh. So I've got eight directors. Ooh. You will each take turns to pick a number between one and eight. I will give you mm-hmm. the name of the director. And then you have to tell me the four films that comes up on their IMDB page in the known mm-hmm. for section. Now, Got it. I'm just going to mention it may not be a director's credit. It may be something else, but it's definitely oh, okay. something Interesting. they are known for. Because I don't program IMDb. That is interesting. We have had actors before where it's like one thing they've written or something like that. So that, that is interesting. It's going to get the cogs turning, isn't it, Matthew? I mean, like I just lucky dip this because this game's fucking impossible to actually play with any <laughs> getting skill. Us excuse, getting us excuses in now. Um... Yeah, um, you all know the rules you get a point each for every uh one you get mm-hmm. right if you don't get all four then somebody on the other team somebody on the other team the other person can have a go at stealing a point i'm so, into it i like wants... how this is just a film heavy pocket i don't think we're going to mention video games once this episode so oh you know oh well games you know, still not feedback there's still oh, feedback. there'll be plenty there's plenty of games coming don't worry uh, who wants, who to, wants go to go first? You can go first if you want, Matt. Okay, I'll go yeah. first. Uh, I'll pick number three. I wouldn't have number done that. three is James Mangold. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. I wish I had him. 
Um, so I'm going to go for uh, Girl Interrupted. Interesting. Is that not there? Um, Logan? Ding! Um, Indiana Jones and the Dollar Destiny? Uh-uh. No. Oh. One more. Um, I literally was looking at what James Mangold had done the other day. <laughs> what else has he done? Um, fuck. See, th- this is this is this is like right up Cardi Street because he fucking loves directors. Um, <laughs> I haven't even said anything. Come on, that. five seconds. Yeah, no, I I can't think of another James Mangold film. Okay. All right, Cardi, do you want to step in? Try and get um Yeah, I'll go with Walk the Line. That is indeed correct. My others were uh, uh, 310 to Yuma or um one of my like his second ever film. Have you ever seen Copland? It's really good. It has like Robert De Niro. Uh, it's a really good cast. Watch the other Copland two that were in it were Heavy mm. and Le Mans 66. Uh, yeah. otherwise known as Ford versus Ferrari yeah. in the UK. Oh. What's heavy? I don't know. Heavy. I have no idea. Google it later, because it's your turn to pick a number. Oh, this money made 95. Sorry. Uh, I'll go with eight. Eight. Is David Fincher. Oh, see, I know them all. But which ones are the, which are the four? Um, we'll go with Fight Club. Eh, eh. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, seven. Yes. Okay. The social network. Yes. What's the other one going to be? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Zodiac. Correct. Oh, you've got a chance for a steal, Matt. So you've got a chance so, for. So, a point. so which ones did you did you give Cardi? We've got seven Zodiac yeah. and social network. And I was wrong with Fight Club. Yes. Yeah. It's like, is it going to be... This? I always start thinking it's going to be one of the weird ones. Um, yeah. So I'm going like to choose a, one a weird in five one. Shop. I'm yeah. going to do Benjamin Button. Oh. No. Eh, eh. Is it like Listen. the girl with the dragon tattoo or something? It's Gone Girl. Right. Ah. So currently, four points to Cardi, one point to Matt. And you're up next. Plenty of time, plenty of time. Uh, so what we've done now, three and eight. Three and eight, um, yeah. So I'm going to go one. One is Wes Anderson. Oh, hey. see, there we go. But the uh, problem here is he's got about 20 to 25. Well, he's not got that many. No, but he has 15. got a lot. So um, I'm going to say the Grand Budapest Hotel is definitely on there. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, um, I love it. <laughs> uh, the Royal Tenor Bombs? That is on That's, there. That yeah. It's now like, is it? It's complete potluck. Yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Ooh. Yes. As I say, it's potluck because, like, I'm trying to think, like, is recency is going to be important because of where, like, the the like the algorithms will be in in IMDb? But it's, it it could be literally any of them. So I'm going to say, um, Rushmore. Yes. Oh, oh, really? Didn't yes. see Rush. That was. Yes. 
Um, so you got- so can you remind me which ones you said, Matt? Because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say the one that you didn't say. Oh, but I still get to steal. No, yeah. I know, but I just want to make sure. So you Have said you Rushmore. said four or only three? I've said no, four, four now. So okay. you said yeah. Rushmore, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Uh, and then I said Royal Tenenbaums. And, Tenor Tenor and, and uh, the right. Grand Budapest Hotel okay. was the one that wasn't yeah. on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've got to pick one of the... I mean, what's his other most famous one? I don't know. I mean, his most famous one is the Grand Budapest, right? Yeah. Like, well, t- t- maybe still Tenenbaums. I don't know. I say like I'll, like it's so yeah. that was so popular. Um, I'll go with. I mean, I just pick any year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'll go with Moonrise Kingdom. Incorrect. <sighs> was it? It was French Dispatch. Ah, okay. Recency. Yeah. Four points apiece. Oh. Uh, two, please. Two is Christopher McQuarrie. I thought you were going to say another one. <laughs> but at least... Uh, see, this will have writing credits. This definitely has writing he's, credits. Okay. Mm. Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. The Usual Suspects. Yes. Hmm. Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Come on, mm. see if you can get all four. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Incorrect. Ah! God. Yeah, I, I don't know anything else that Macquarie's <laughs> done. I, Not even a guess? I mean, I'd just say Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. <laughs> it is not Mission Impossible. Oh. It is Edge of Tomorrow. Ah, also known as what was I can't he helps write it uh, live die repeat that's it there we go I mean he is primarily uh, right? you've got four five six or seven uh, seven seven Ron Howard oh <laughs> wow you don't, you don't hear Ron Howard's name too often yeah. do you he's on some massive films mm-hmm. um, again it's potluck isn't it so Rush Rush on there? Rush is no. not on there. Um, Ron Howard did Apollo 11, right? I'm not going to neither confirm no. or deny that. Is, is it Apollo 10 instead? <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep guessing a number. <laughs> Apollo I'm, 12. I'm I don't lucky know. for some. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's unlucky for some. Is it, is Apollo, it Apollo, Apollo 13? It is. Yes. <laughs> Is that count as four guesses? For some reason, I genuinely thought Apollo thirteen. Like I'm I, obviously like I was talking to Cardi the other day about like my film knowledge actually pre about two thousand and five isn't brilliant, right? But I had it in my head that Apollo thirteen was a horror film about uh, no. an Apollo mission <laughs> Apollo going 13. wrong. Apollo 13, well, it is about a mission going wrong, yes. but, it's a, yeah. but there it is, is a, kind of a horror. There is a horror <laughs> film, isn't there, that's based around oh, like, like, like Apollo a proper something. horror film. Yeah. Yeah. Apollo 11 is the one that went right. That's the one that got to the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what else has Ron Howard done? Um, are, they, are they all directed films or what? is there anything? So, well, th- th- there's a curveball in here. There is a producer credit yeah. for a TV show. That's Arrested Development, right? right there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Giving that to him, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and have then... you got one more? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess um, Star Wars A Solo Story. No. No. Mm-hmm. 
are the are the rest of them direct? Like, can I have the? Are any of these acting credits? Oh, I don't think so. Says mm. so one it. film he's famous for being in, but I don't want to. Hang on. Well, that would you'd basically give me the point if you say yes. So I'm not. Uh... One minute. I do have some director ones ready to go if we want. Uh, he says he's a producer. Oh, okay. Well, I won't. Uh, I'm going to stay. I'm going to steer clear of it. A producer on both. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm still going to go uh, with. He's definitely a director on one okay. of them. I'm still going to go with A Beautiful Mind. It is correct. Oh. The film I was talking about, I was talking about American Graffiti. Cause he's no, no, no. The other one was Frost Nixon. Oh. I thought it might be the Da Vinci Code. That was my backup. <laughs> Oh, I forgot he did those. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have. Yes. Three left. Um, Four, five, six. I'll go with six. JJ Abrams. So he's been, he's, he's had a hand in a lot of things, hasn't he? Um, I'll go with Star Trek. Correct. Where do you go from here, though? Star Wars The Force Awakens. Correct. Hmm. It's just felt. Oh, will there be TV? Will there be TV in there? I don't know. Um, the Star Trek Into Darkness. Was he involved in that one in any way? Let's go He's with the that. director of it. Was he? I, I don't remember. But he's not known for it on this occasion, unfortunately. Uh, um, and another J.J. Abrams. Let's go with Super 8. No. Oh, that's a shame. People <laughs> should remember Super 8. <laughs> Matt, uh, you have got uh, two to choose from. Is he gonna? Is he gonna walk into the open Star Wars goal? Well, there's the there's the Star Wars one, but also like I wonder, like he is very well known for being like producer on several massive TV well, that's shows. What, right? I, I was thinking Lost. I yeah. was that was like what well, it's I'm Lost thinking. or Alias, right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Lost. Lost is correct. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have said anything. And of course, <laughs> he's known for Rise of Skywalker. But is is that there? That was the other one. Like. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, he is definitely known for it. He is it. known for it, yeah. <laughs> Wherever he wants to be. Yes, uh, exactly. Another thing. What's right. the score then with one left each? Uh, Cardi, you're on 10 points. And Matt, you're on seven. Still, still. Better still than I thought I was doing. I mean, you've got a big choice here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Four or five? Uh, I'm going to go for five. Five is Ridley Scott. Oh, that's a lot of films. Yeah. <laughs> um... And also, I know more of his, like, pop culture kind of focus ones, which quite often uh, tend to, the later you go, veers into the bad. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, Alien is is my first guess. Incorrect. Really? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, well, it's a ridiculous game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, you know, we, I'm going to just tick off two of my favourite films of all time, which is Alien and Blade Runner. Is Blade Runner on there? Blade Runner is on there. Hey. Yes. Hey. Um, and then it's like, do I dive into like his weird shit stuff, <laughs> or um, 
I'm going to guess that. Is the House of Gucci on there? The House of Gucci is not no. on there. Wow. No. Bold. I appreciate it. Just, I appreciate bold. it. Yes. It's like, got... I don't know how like IMDb does this, but there was such oh, an amount of chatter. Just, and... It's just lovely to hear. Yeah. Uh, Gladiator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was going to be my one. Uh, uh, so you've got two to choose from. Hmm. Riddles. Big riddles. Which Ridley Scott am I going to go for? I'm going to go with Felmer and Louise. Yes. Oh. Wow. Ooh. Oh, sorry, I just gave that point I wasn't expecting by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Felmer and Louise. Any, no points, but last one that you didn't get? Um, Ridley. Kingdom of Heaven? I don't know. The Martian. The Martian. Mm. I need to rewatch that film because I didn't love I it the first it. time I saw it. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm missing I something. Like yeah. yeah. Right. That means, Cardi, you have been left with Paul Greengrass. Okay. I can, I can, I can do that. Uh, the Born Supremacy? No. Okay, I can't do this. Uh, I'm going completely blank on Paul Greengrass. Uh, The Bourne Ultimatum. Yes. Okay. Um, Why am I going blank? (laughs) What's the name? Uh, United 93? Uh, uh, United 93. Yes, I'll give you that. Yep. What do you mean you'll give me that? Well, you said oh, yeah. 1993. It's not that. I said 93. Oh, did you? All right. Come on. All right. Well, you've got it anyway. Um. Do I just go with another born one? No, I'll go with Captain Phillips. Nope. But it should be up there because that is an yeah. amazing film. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? One Matt. Oh, go on, Matt. Yeah, it's... what was the other one, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> is it called Green Zone? There's... It is. Yeah. Uh, is it... That is not his, what he no. is known for, unfortunately. He is What's known for News of the World oh. and 22nd of July. Oh, 22nd of July was the uh, Norwegian terrorist one, wasn't it? Mm. Oh, was it? Yeah, it seems oh, quite, uh, quite hard work. Uh, so, final scores on the door. Matt, you came in with nine points. Cardi, a wonderful 14. Well done, we Simon. Go. You're very good at knowing films. <laughs> well, I just like playing. I just like playing. Just like uh, playing, dude. I'm just I'm thinking. Well, I was just time. looking up what 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 Paul Greengrass is up to, but uh, you don't seem to have much uh, much planned. Hope we hear from him soon. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> How do people send in their endless search suggestions? Uh, well, they. Send it to IGN underscore UK for your pack at IGN.com. That's exactly how they do it. And uh, we have some feedback. Um, although I can't seem to find it. Let me find it. Here it is. is. Cardi, oh, you've got me the first, first piece of feedback. I've got one from Tom Rankin who says, Hi guys, long time listener, second time emailing in. I was just listening to last week's podcast about the filming about the feedback of filming locations. I grew up in a village called Hadfield, which is about 13 miles from Manchester and just on the edge of the Peak District. Our claim to fame is being the main filming location for the League of Gentlemen. I remember growing up and seeing the whole Main Street transformed with the show's shops and butchers. Also seeing the pub that I threw up outside of on the opening credit 
always made me chuckle. I refused to watch it as I felt like it was taking the piss out of our village. However, I watched it last year and was actually impressed. I um, I'll, I'll read the next bit after, but League of Legends is one of my all-time favourite shows. I I love how weird it is, but it's also so hard to recommend to anyone. I've never seen it. Really, it is so. It's it is a comedy, but it kind of descends into a horror comedy. It's just so bizarre. Um, but I love League of Legends so much. Um. I feel like you'd like it, Matt. Have you seen it? I've not, no, but I'm I'm a huge fan of Inside Number Nine, which obviously yeah. is kind of like the thing that comes after in terms of their mm-hmm. obviously Pemberton and, and Shearsmith are part of it, right? Uh, it's so funny, yeah. but it's also like so just uncomfortably like grotesque at times and stuff <laughs> like I, I yeah, I can't recommend League of Gentlemen. I imagine it's the sort of thing like it's so fundamentally British as well. Like yeah. trying to recommend this to anyone who's not British must be like, What is what is this and how are they allowed to make it? Um, but yeah, I love it. Um, anyway, Tom continues. A little side note: I also saw Steve Coogan filming in another village near me called Marple when on the bus on the way back from college in two thousand and seven and eight. God knows what he was filming. <laughs> anyway, yeah. cheers for the content, guys. Respect the sea, Tom Rankin. What do we yeah. think Steve Coogan was filming in two thousand and seven? God knows. <laughs> um, Ariana Grande up? is near where I live right now, filming something or other. Is yeah. that the Wicked film? Or has that already uh, been shot? Maybe. Oh, to be fair, it probably was a month or two ago. And they filmed, mm-hmm. um, what was the other one? The Jungle Book. They filmed that here. And The Whomping Willow is walking distance from my house. Although it was, str- <laughs> it was struck by lightning is now in bits. Wow. Times. Okay. Good to know. Uh, uh, Matt, you're up next. Yes. Uh, so this is from Pat Dean, who says, Hi, guys. I wanted to get in touch to ask for some persona related confusion i have uh which cardi this will be you yes you i'm here up. to help uh having heard cardi wax lyrical about the series i thought i'd give it a go however the hurdle i need to get over is where to start and which to get i currently have in my playstation library the standard persona 5 and persona 5 strikers and have not played either but I've also heard that I should play Persona 5 Royal if I start out from scratch. I fully appreciate any feedback here as I don't uh, know how much it's worth me forking out for full price PS5 version of Royal when I have an untouched version of the PS5 original in my library already. Or should I be starting with the original Persona, so Persona 1, and working my way up to Persona 5 altogether? Any light that you could shed would be amazing. Keep up the great work. Don't do silly things in the sea. And the new Giants range of crisps is one of the best things to happen to British cuisine since Turkey Twizzlers and Sunny Delight. Many thanks from Pat. Um, I'll answer the Persona question. Do you know what I saw yesterday? There's a new limited edition like Walker's flavour, which is the Monster Munch pickled onion flavouring on a Walker's crisp. They're doing this on multiple things. Mm. So you can get like Doritos flavoured crisps. Yeah. But, but the thing I love about the pickled onion monster munch is the texture and the shape yeah, and everything. Yeah, of, right. of course. Like that yeah. is just a pickled onion crisp. Yeah. Which I shoot they did have as a flavour once upon yeah, a yeah, time. Yeah. They're Branson yes. pickle, yeah. didn't they, as a flavour. Um yeah. yeah, they're doing what's it flavoured crisps as well. Which just surely cheese is crisps. just cheese crisps. <laughs> crisps. Yeah. Uh, anyway, persona. <laughs> run out of ideas. <laughs> um oh, there's many ways to go. Um Persona 5 Royal is the best way to play Persona 5. Like, you get an extra 15 to 20 hours, and it's got a revamped battle system, which just makes it much better to play, in my opinion. It's much more enjoyable. Persona 5 is still fundamentally very, very good. Whether it's whether it's 60 like pounds of difference 
I would is say, another question. My personal opinion is if you already own Persona 5, just play Persona 5. Yeah. If you've got it there for free, I don't necessarily think, particularly if you don't know if you like Persona yet, exactly. I think it's better to play the version that you've got yeah. for free and play that all the way through. Like, I've played both because I'm just ill. But um, yeah. And yeah, I do Persona, like Persona 5 Strikers is, is okay. It's a completely different type of game. Um, it's not really what Persona games traditionally are, but like if you really enjoy Persona Five, it's worth playing. Actually, get more story. Um, Is that considered a sequel, Cardi? Or yeah, it's like a story sequel, really. Mm. Yeah, but it's um, what's it's a Mushu game, of? right? Mushu, that's the word mm-hmm. I was looking for. Yeah. Um, going back to Persona, like I've not played Persona One and Two, but I've played Three, Four, Five. All very good. Five is the best one in my opinion. Um, I don't actually know how it runs on Switch, um, but. Yeah, I'd play on PS5 if you've got it already. Um, yeah, three and four are also worth playing. Five is the best of the bunch, but you could you could start like what that remake for three is coming out next year at some point. Something I think. like that. Yeah. So you've got time to play five now, and you could always go back to three after that. I don't know if they have any plans to do a remake of four, um, mm. but maybe if three does really well, they'll think about that. So I think the clarification. I'm assuming Pat would want here is is Persona because I don't know a huge. I've only played Persona Five, but it's yeah. like Final Fantasy in the oh, they're, they're completely unconnected, completely yeah. unconnected. Yeah, they just share the same fundamentals that you're a kid at school find demons in a, yeah. another universe is the only real thing. But yeah, if you've got Five already downloaded, I'd go for it. Royal is the best version of that game, but yeah, I don't think it's worth however like sixty pound dollars, whatever, whatever it is uh, for that extra stuff. But yeah. Go a bit. Let, yeah. let us know what you think. Um, it's always good. The last email this week is from Mike Hyam, who says, you were speaking about Wolf from Gladiators. After he <laughs> stopped we being on the show in the late 90s, he opened a gym and fitness shop in my hometown of Hayes and Kent. It was called Wolf's Gym. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he knows, he knows what to, what's selling it, doesn't he? <laughs> I remember he had a bright purple sparkly Jeep with number plate <laughs> Wolf 1. Oh, my God. He was an incredibly nice man who would always sign autographs for the kids. When the gym finally closed, there was a rumour he was remodelling it into a gladiator's experience space where you'd be able to play all the events from the show. It reopened as a Sainsbury's local. Oh, no. (laughs) Very sad. Respect the sea, Mike. You could treat the Sainsbury's local as like a gladiator space, you know, just going there with like a big, like one of those, what's they, those like big duelling like uh, things with, the, the, the foam on each end or sticks stuff. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you just go down and knock everything off the, the aisles. I'm sure they'd love that. Um, so um, here's a question. When when your reign at IGN is over, how are you going to extend that? Are you going to have like a... What sort of car are you going to have with Cardi 1 on the end? Are you going to open I mean, up I some, don't... What's I your don't legacy going to be? I, don't, I mean, I don't drive. So, uh, yeah. Um, are you going to open a cinema that only shows films from your SciMDB? Uh, is that what it's called? Be, be a good cinema that'd be a dream like owning a cinema i'd love that like that is my like if you know people have like luxuries like if you ever had like a mansion or a massive house like what's the one thing you'd want like a cinema room is the one thing i'd want i don't care about a big outside pool or anything i want a cinema room um but yeah i'd do that maybe a nice like canal boat uh painted red with the ign logo on it Uh, why why a canal boat sounds relaxing doesn't it that's (laughs) that's the sort of life i'd retire into i think it's hardly a nice hardly a sparkly purple jeep with wolf one (laughs) no but i'm not that sort of i'm not sort of that figure am i i'm not i don't think i'm quite wolf from gladiator what would your gladiator name be do you think 
Oh my god! Um, Surely you thought about this in the no, night. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. No. Um, uh, I, don't uh, I don't know. It's a tough question, yeah. isn't it? Really, to drop on someone, it's a real life <laughs> exactly. decision, isn't it? I'm just trying to think of different animals, and for some yeah. reason, porcupine is the only thing that can porcupine. Pop into my head. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't have to be an animal, though, does it? Um, no. But it's got to be something aggressive, like yeah. Jet. I can't yeah. think of any others. Um, Flush. Maverick. Can I just have Maverick? From no, you top can't one? have Maverick. No, that's copyrighted. Oh, oh no. Um, okay. Mercenary. Um, yeah. Tool. <laughs> weapon. Can I just be weapon? <laughs> and here comes weapon. Uh, I don't know. Matt, uh, what's your gladiator? Oh, go on, come I, on. I don't know. Missile or something. I mean, like you that. are from Wol- Wolverhampton, so you should be wolf, really, I, shouldn't uh, you? Yeah, I could. I could be the new wolf. I'm sure it'd be very, very disappointing <laughs> for anyone that tuned or in. Wolverine, you could be Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, that would work. Maybe that's something we need to do for the next live shows: dress up in leotards and then just fight each God. other. I think um, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, who knows? Uh, IGN on school UK feedback at IGN.com. Um, what would your gladiator name be and why? Yes. <laughs> uh, that's it for this week's podcast. Uh, lovely to chat to you both. And uh, oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing both The Bear and Mission Impossible in the coming days. Yeah. Oh, the Bear. That's the gladiator name, isn't it? Is that your name? The Bear. The Bear. Cardi yeah. the Bear. Or Beef. Can I just be the beef? <laughs> the original beef. beef yeah. <laughs> the original beef of London land. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have it. That's Alrighty. it. Uh, okay. Have a good week and I will speak to you soon. Bye. Yeah, Goodbye. It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.